on, can we give it a big shout of praise in this place? Yeah, that's good. It's good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, awesome. Once you do this, you've been seated for a little bit. Now I'm going to make you stand up again. Come on. It's like Catholic Church, if that's your background. So if you don't mind standing up, uh, man, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, my name is Dustin. If I haven't met you, I get to lead here at Purpose Church. And just want to let you know that we are so glad that you're here. Just like what Katie said a second ago, services in a couple weeks. It's going to it's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. And uh, just won't be the same without you. And won't be the same without your family and your friends. So I just want to let you know we want you to invite your people. Because look around. I mean, this place is full wall to wall. Our kids' ministry is full wall to wall. We want to make more room for people. And so I just want to tell you thank you for being willing to flex and stretch and, and do all that. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait for that. But I'm excited for that because uh, I've actually asked even our staff team to do some stretching and some flexing as well. Uh, and so over the last about month and a half or so, we've kind of worked through a few different things uh, together as a staff team and uh, actually have asked Katie to step back, who was up here a second ago, step back into our kids' ministry and uh, be in the day-to-day of kids as our kids' director and actually asked Kaylee, who you, she's right over here, she can wave at she's in the corner over there. She was actually holding the door in the first service. She was doing all kinds of stuff. Actually asked her to step into overseeing all of our community projects, our community director, next steps director. And so it's just been a lot. I'll just tell you that. I'll tell you that to tell you because of the fact that we're stretching and changing as well. And we're about to go in in a couple weeks. Actually, not a couple weeks. We can now say it's next week. We are going to give away 438 pairs of shoes to kids' feet at Southwest Elementary. There was 432 originally. I think they're hearing that we're giving shoes away, so they started transferring in. So we got six more kiddos that we know them by that they know them by name that we're gonna put shoes on their feet. And that's because of your generosity. Thank you for that. But I just want to tell you that again, really quick, if I could just make a pitch for you to for a second, that our kids team is probably the team that has been stretched the most when it comes to uh, the third service. And so I want to ask you, maybe you're in this place and you've been wondering, should I take a step? Should I get involved? I'm just gonna give you an emphatic yes today, that you would get involved with our kids team. Uh, as we go to three services, we don't dumb down the gospel. We put the gospel on their level in a practical way. And every single week they, they experience Jesus on level back there. And they love Jesus, love people, generous, be brave, and have fun. Like, that's what we do in Purpose Kids. I want you to be involved in that. And I'm going to ask you as we move to three services that you would say yes to our kids team. This is like the one time I'm, I'm really asking that you would say yes to that. Like, would you say yes to that? I promise you. It's going to mean just as much for you to be on that team as it is that you're going to love on those kiddos in the back. And I'm just going to tell you, it's going to mean the world, not only to them, but I I believe God's going to speak through that as you and I humble ourselves and say, hey, you know what? Just as the little children came under Jesus, come on, let's serve this next generation. This next generation is not going to go unloved and unwashed on our watch. We're going to lead them to Jesus, and that's that's a part of what you get a chance to do. And so I want to ask you to do that. You can actually text the word PK team, all one word, PK team, to 270-229-6488. Or on your way out today, before you leave, stop by the Connect Corner. Would love for you to be there. Love for you to sign up to say yes to being on the kids team. Everybody good? Everybody good? And that's not just holding babies. That's working in elementary. That's doing a lot of incredible stuff. And we need your help. It's going to be great. Can't do it without you. So I just want to tell you that today. Uh, We're going to be, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 18. Older Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 18. We're going to be in verse number 5. I'll give you a chance just to to get there. It's in the Older Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Like you're getting there. You're getting closer to 1 and 2 Samuel. We're going to be in 1 Samuel. All right? So I want you to get there. 
give you a second just to be able to walk that out. Get you a second to get there. We're in a series called Rent Free. Somebody say Rent Free. Yeah, this idea that there is stuff occupying your mind and my mind that shouldn't be there. Stuff that's living in our mind rent free that we should ask God to renew our mind as we talked about last week and refill us with the Holy Spirit. And again, I just want to talk today about this guy named Saul and a guy named David. How many of y'all ever heard of David in the Bible? Come on, wave at me if that's you. All right, just give me a chance to get to 1 Samuel. Come on, somebody, you got to find it sometimes. All right. If you're at 1 Samuel 18, somebody say, I'm ready. If you needed more seconds, just say, hold up. I think I heard one person say, hold up. We're going to hold up and wait just for you. Everybody good? One more time. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. Awesome. Here we go. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse number 5. This is what the Bible says. Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officials alike. And when the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, that was Goliath, by the way, just so you know. Watch what it says. Women from all over Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. And this was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. Somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah, that's what's about to happen. So watch what it says. This made Saul very angry. What's this he said? They credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands. Next, they'll make him their king. Watch what it says. This is what I want to kind of just talk about today, kind of wrap our minds around this verse right here. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. From that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. So we're going to talk about something today that I just happen to believe is a mind killer for you. And if you want to start 2024, and again, we're just 14 days into this new year, if you want this year to look different for you, there's something that is coming after your mind to kill it, and we're going to talk about it today. And if you're ready for that, somebody say, I'm ready. All right, come on, let's pray a really long prayer together. God, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, high five your neighbors. Say, go Cowboys, go Cowboys. Okay, you don't have to say that. Come on. Sorry, I should have prayed for the Cowboys to win. Y'all can have a seat. You can have a seat today. Awesome. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Y'all just be remembering me today as I watch that game. That would be great, right? How many of us in the room had a, um, a New Year's resolution to start working out? Anybody in the room? Come on, just be honest. This is church. We could be honest, open, transparent together. Anybody in the room say, you know what? I really want to work out more in 2024. Come on, that kind of rhymed. I didn't even know it. Come on, somebody, all right? Okay. Wave more around like you just do care. How many of us in the room said, you know what? I don't want to work out in 2024. Anybody in the room to say, I, don't, I just don't want to. Okay, I get okay, good, 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 good. How many of us in the room, is there anybody that, that, um, that actually loves to run? Anybody that thinks it's fun to run? Come on, wave your hands in the air. Wave them around like you just do care. Okay, y'all have a hard time understanding running and, and loving to run. Come on, somebody. Because if I'm just telling you, it ain't nothing fun to run, all right? If I'm running, all I got to tell everybody in the room is you better be running faster because there's something big and hairy chasing me, all right? Just telling you, it's a bear, it's something. I don't know what it is, but it's, you better run because I do not like running. I do not like cardio. I don't like nothing like that. I like to take a weight, throw it up over my head. That's enough cardio for me. Come on, somebody, all right? 
I enjoy working out. I like to be able to do that. And uh, I got a little garage set up and uh, nothing fancy, just a couple things around the garage. And uh, again, I don't like to run. It's not a, a big fan of mine. I don't really like to do that. I like to do some burpees. Come on, any burpee fans in the room? Nobody. All right, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. No burp. No, uh, one. One in the back. Way to go. Nice job. I love that so much. Burpees. Uh, uh, anybody like to do squats? Anybody in the room? Okay, okay, some squats. Okay, working on the glutes. Okay, I get it. All right. Uh, anybody like to just do free weights? Anybody out there? Anybody free weights? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Anybody like to do a, a row machine? Row machine, anybody? Okay. Better on the knees. Come on, somebody, right, than running. All right. I, I'll tell you, I brought this today. This is from my, my garage. And what I want to let you know is, again, uh, we have four kiddos, Allie and I do. And, and our, our, our babies, they, they're always trying to make it out to the garage and just hang out with dad if I'm out there spending some time working out. And I, I'll do that. And what has become something that's kind of a norm lately is the fact that Brex wants to come and work out with dad. All right, so Brex comes out to the garage. Brex is our six-year-old boy. He loves coming out there. And I'm just telling y'all, this dude's got some stamina, all right? He may not have a lot of strength, but boy's got some stamina. And boy can do about 50 burpees in a row. I ain't even lying to you. Like, I'm telling you, I'm like, dang, dude. Like, I, I'm, I'm huffing wind. Come on, somebody. I got my, I'm, my arms are on my legs. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And he's over there just going after it. And I'm like, man, you are good. But, but what I got to thinking about, and again, as, as I'm thinking through that, and we're doing squats and we're doing weights. And uh, he had to get his own set of weights. Come on, somebody. These are Brex's five-pounders right here. All right? I had to bring those today. I had to borrow them from here. But I'll tell you, this right here is actually, I think, one of his favorite machines that we have. Favorite things to do in our uh, garage is this idea that he can get on this row machine and he can row. Now, I had the idea today that I was going to row this entire sermon. But that's not going to happen because I still like to live tomorrow, okay? But, like, I want you to know this is his favorite activity in the garage. Come on, this looks fun, don't it? Come on, somebody. I hope this thing is okay and not sliding on the stage. So this is a row machine. Come on, a lot easier than running on a treadmill. Come on, somebody. I like this a whole lot better. And Brex likes to do this, but he likes to go like this, wee, and just slide all the way back down. And he goes, wee, all right? That's what Brex likes to do. And I love this idea of this row machine. And I love the idea that Brex is, is watching Dad. He wants to do what dad wants to do. He wants to follow after dad's footsteps. I like that he likes that. And I think that's a good idea. I think it's cute. I think it's a great analogy for us as we start the year and we're talking about the fact that, okay, Brex is following after his dad or Brex is wanting to do some things that I am wanting to do. But I just want to tell you really quick, he has got his eyes on me. He is watching everything that I do. He's literally trying to lift the weights that I'm lifting. And I'm like, bro, you can't do that. You, you know, you're six years old. Dad's almost 30 years older than you. Like, I've been in this game a little longer than you. Like, like let me encourage you. Why don't you start with some, some smaller weights? He's trying to do as many burpees as I do or as many squats as I can. He will do everything in his power to try and match my intensity. Right? Brick's trying to do whatever he can. He's trying to do it exactly like what Dad does. And again, I think it's a cute metaphor, but I want to challenge us today. I think this is a bad way to live your life because he's got his eyes on me as I'm working out. And I got to thinking in my own life as we start 2024, I got to thinking in my mind, who or what have you and I set our eyes on? Uh, who or what have you and I set our eyes on? And you and I are running a race of our life according to their pace, according to their weight, according to their lifestyle, according to their post. Instead of doing the things that God has called you to do. Instead of chasing what the purpose that God has placed on your life. And I think the thing that I would want to tell you at the beginning of 2024 that can rob you in your life right now, that can really uh, distract you in this life, is this thing called comparison. Somebody say comparison. 
Yeah, comparison. I think this comparison game literally is a mind killer. That, in essence, is really what this idea of rent-free is, right? This idea that we're in this series about, and you may not even know it, but these other people that you're comparing your life to are occupying real estate in your mind, and it's affecting the way that you live. And I got to thinking about it. It's kind of like a row machine because a row machine happens, and what you're doing is you're setting on this. To take, for instance, a treadmill or a row machine. You're doing all kinds of work. There's all kinds of pushing, there's all kinds of pulling, there's all kinds of sweating. Come on, somebody, there's all kinds of heavy breathing because you're out of breath. Come on, right? There's all of this stuff, yet watch this. You did all of that work, and you're still in the same exact spot where you started. That's exactly what it's like to compare your life to other people. And I just came to warn some of us today that that's exactly what you might have felt in 2023 when it comes to this idea of comparing your life to somebody else. You're doing a whole lot of moving, you're doing a whole lot of sweating, you're doing a whole lot of heavy breathing, but you have gotten nowhere, you're in the exact same position. Because ultimately, what we're doing when we compare our life to other people's is the fact that we end up exerting all kinds of energy, mental, emotional, physical energy, trying to keep up with and compete with somebody that you were never called to be and do something that you may have never been called to do. I want to challenge that today because at the end of all of it, you're in the exact same position as when you started. We started talking about this last week, how we think determines how we live. Can I add on to that this week? About six of us said, can I add on to this this week? Okay, good, good. So how we think determines how we live. I want to add on to that because comparison helps determine how we think, which in turn will determine how we live. I want you to understand something. That comparison is going to determine how we think, and ultimately that's going to come out in how we live. And if I can just be very honest in church today, can I be honest today? I want to let you know, this is something I think all of us struggle with, including myself. Right, This comparison game, I'm comparing my race to somebody else's race. And I have this tendency to look at everybody else, what's going on around me, and turn to the right and turn to the left as I'm running the race that God has called me to. And I want you to know that in every season, wherever you may find yourself, guess what? This idea of comparison, this thought, this thought pattern of comparison doesn't just go away, right? You can be single. Come on, where are my single people at in the room? Wave your hand in the air like you just do care. Come on, raise them up real high. Come on, real high. I want you to see if you like what you're working with in second service, come to the first service. Come on, somebody, all right? You may find a date in here. I don't know. We got three services in a couple weeks. It'll be great. You got three chances to pick from. Come on. All right, so, so single people, what's happening in your singleness? You know what you're doing? You're comparing your single life to everybody else's single life. You're looking at your life and saying, oh, my gosh, like, man, they're doing this. They're going there. They're having fun doing this. And what you end up doing is you compare your singleness to their singleness. Come on, where are all the married people at in the room? Come on, wave your hand in the air. Gentlemen, make some noise. Oh, come on, that was your chance. Come on, we're all the married men and married, just married people in the room, but where are my men at that are married in the room? Come on, it doesn't count now because I told you to holler. Should have done it the first time, all right? But, but married people, come on, when you get married, comparison doesn't just stop. I think comparison actually kind of might ramp up a little bit because you know what happens? Valentine's Day. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? She gets 10,000 roses and you got three. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like I, I think what happens is it's, it doesn't matter what season of life you may find yourself in, this comparison game never stops. Then you have kids one day potentially, and what you need to understand is the fact that guess what happens? We begin to compare our kids to everybody else's kids. 
Come on, how many of y'all got some hoodlums in a restaurant? Come on, somebody, all right? My children might act like a bunch of wild banshees in a restaurant, but then there's Timmy two tables over, and I'm like, good for you, Timmy, your mild-mannered and beautiful haircut and all this stuff. My kids are hanging from the ceiling fan, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is this? And what we do is we ultimately compare our, our kids and our life, and then we start getting into debt because, you know why? I got to have that because I got to keep up with everybody else. Comparing my life to somebody else's, I'm going in debt, I'm doing all that kind of stuff, willing to do that just so that I can keep up with somebody. Just because I'm comparing my life to somebody. Dave Ramsey actually says it like this, uh, if I can find it in my notes. He says it like this, um, uh, we buy things we don't need with money that we don't have in order to press people, impress people that we don't even like. Come on, somebody. That's accurate. That's accurate. And here's the thing I found out. I never knew how unhappy I was till I realized how happy you were. Like, I never realized how unhappy I might be until I started realizing how happy you might be. And we play this comparison game. And I'm convinced that if you will allow others to live rent-free in your mind by comparing your life to theirs, it is going to affect every area of your life. Every area. Comparison, I believe, is the enemy's tactic that he wants to distract you and destroy you with. Because I know this, is that if he can distract you, he can destroy you. Right? How many of you know if you've ever been in the gym, guess what? If you're on a treadmill and you get distracted, bad news. Come on, you're looking to the right, to the left, you're going down. Okay? Like, like imagine for a second just being distracted. And what I want you to know is that that can actually lead to your destruction. And the day that you start running your race but you're looking like this is the day that a crash is coming. And I come to just encourage you today that the enemy has taken your focus off of the main thing being putting your eyes on Jesus. And he's tried to get you and I to buy into the lie of putting our eyes on everybody and everything else around us. That's exactly what happened with Saul. This guy named Saul has a huge crash. And what I want you to see is that Saul actually steps into the Bible, onto the Bible scene. And what you'll find out is that he is actually stepping in. The first time we ever hear about Saul is actually in the middle of a comparison season. Because what you'll find out is that, that, that Israel, God's chosen people, they're comparing where they are to everybody else that's around. And they start looking around and say, oh man, look, look at them over there. They got a king. We ain't got a king. We got Yahweh, but we can't see him. I want to see him. And so what happens is they're begging God, God, we want a king of our own. All of a sudden, Mr. Saul steps in in the middle of that. God ordains him as the king of Israel. And so from the very beginning, what we see in this life of Saul is this pattern of comparison as the main theme. God grants them their request. They get their king. His name is Saul. Somebody say Saul. Yeah, they get their king. His name is Saul. I found out. That sometimes God will grant you what you think you need in order to get you to the point that you realize you don't know that you all that you think that you know. And all that you think that you do. And Israel gets Saul. And listen to me, y'all. You go to the Bible, you read it, very kingly. I'm talking kingly. Like if you think of a king, Saul had it. He was tall. He talked like a king. The Bible says that he was actually head and shoulders above everybody else. The Bible even went as far as to say as he was handsome. Come on. How many of you know if the Bible says you are handsome, ain't nobody going to tell you you ugly? Come on, somebody, right? Okay, nobody say nothing like that. Because God had blessed Saul. What I want you to see, though, is as you read the pages of Samuel, what you'll understand and something that we got to learn from Saul is the fact that if we ever love the blessing of God, 
more than God himself, it's no longer a blessing. It becomes a curse. Because if we love the blessing more than the blessing anymore, it actually becomes a curse. Paul had become more obsessed with being a king than he was worshiping the king of all kings. He had become more uh, fixated on the title than he did the giver of the title. He had become more in love with the fame of the kingly name than he did the name that was above all names. And the blessing that God had given him had actually turned into a curse. Because this is what I know what happens is when you're in love with the gift and not the giver of the gift, you become, listen, what happens is this. You see it all the time. Is that you begin to see anybody that has a gift on their life as a threat to your throne. When you value the blessing more than the giver of the blessing, you'll see other people that are blessed. And guess what? You'll think they're the enemy. What will begin to happen in your own life? You'll see what happens in Saul, Saul's life. There's this little dude by the name of David. Somebody say David. David, he's on the backside of nowhere, middle of nowhere, no-name family, don't care about the status, don't care about the title, doesn't care about the blue check on Instagram. All he cared about was being in the presence of God, right? That's what David wanted to do. And one day, David's dad actually asked him to be the first DoorDash delivery. Come on, thank God for DoorDash. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody love DoorDash? Just me? Okay, cool. All right, good. Perfect. Glad to be up here by myself right now. Come on, y'all. Does anybody love DoorDash? Okay, thank you. Okay, just making sure everybody's alive. But David, the first DoorDash delivery guy, literally his dad says, hey, I need you to take your brother some cheese sandwiches at war. He goes up there. He goes out to war to find there's this huge, giant Philistine dude named Goliath. How many of you have ever heard of Goliath? Come on, wave at me. Yeah, you've heard of Goliath. You see that what happens is, is that David shows up and everybody's scared to death. They're wanting to run. They're hiding. And David steps up and like, yo, y'all see this big, ugly dude? Do you hear what he is saying? Do you know what he's saying about our God? And he goes and confronts this big uncircumcised Philistine is what he calls him. All right? Come on, that's Christian cussing for all you people out there today. All right? And he just said, hey, what, what, what are you defying the living God for? Right? That's what he says. He says, is anybody going to do anything about this? Like, who's going to do something about this? Nobody's willing to do something. David said, well, I will. I'll do something. The God that protected me on the back side of the mountain is the same God that will protect me on the front side of this. And so what I want you to see, David steps up and Saul tries to give him some clothes. Okay, hey, here's some armor. Once you take some armor, put it on you, then you'll be all right. You'll be okay out there. And, so, and David's like, no, 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 I don't need that. All I got is a slingshot and all I got is some faith in God. That's all I got. And David, what does he go out and do? He goes out and defeats Goliath, cuts off his head, kills him, and listen to me. That's the day that everything changed for David and Saul in their relationship. Because what I want you to see from the backside of the mountain, watching sheep where nobody knew his name, all of a sudden to giant slayer and people savior, uh, literally people started shouting David's praise. David, David, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. Sorry, I don't know if that's in the Bible. But I put it, I, I just, I said that. Because what happens is, they start singing about David, right? Go to the Bible. Come on, read your Bible. I'm telling you something in there. First Samuel chapter 18, we see what begins to happen. These ladies, they're dancing in the street with tambourines, and they're saying, hey, Saul killed his thousands. But David, whoo, David, ten thousands. And watch what happens. Saul was very angry. Watch what happens in the fact that Saul is running his race, doing what God had called him to do, 
And the moment he was no longer doing that, and he started looking this way and this way, was the moment he literally, the beginning of the end took place. That the beginning of his reign took place. As he started to begin to compare his life to David's life was the beginning of the end. I think there's some stuff that we can learn from him. Are you ready to learn today from the Bible? Are you ready to learn from God? Well, he wants to speak to you. Number one is this, is that comparison kills contentment. What you need to understand is that comparison kills contentment. I think you've got to understand that comparison steals and robs you of your joy. That's what comparison does. Comparison is like a cancer, the Bible says. Look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. It says, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body, but jealousy is like cancer in the bone. Have you ever been jealous of somebody before? You ever looked at somebody on social media, and you saw what they had, you heard about somebody that they had something at Walmart, or this happened, or that happened, and all of a sudden you're looking at your own life, you're thinking, what in the world? Like, and then all of a sudden this inside turmoil happens. The Bible calls that jealousy like a cancer. That, that what comparison will begin to do is it will actually kill your contentment. What I want you to see is that we see that God had blessed Saul. Right? He had blessed Saul, made him a successful king pretty much up until this point. But the moment that he took his eyes off of God, and the moment that he started putting his eyes on David's life, was the moment that his contentment was killed. What I want you to see right there, Saul killed his thousands, David killed his tens of thousands. This made Saul very angry. What's this? They credit David with 10,000 and me with only thousands? Think about that. They didn't just say only a thousand. Only thousands? Like the, 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 the success that he had up to that point was nil as soon as he started comparing it to somebody else. What, what God had used him to do to lead was nothing in his mind based off of what had just happened with David. What I want you to see really quick is God, and I, I want to challenge you today, and I want you to know as you walk in this place, God has given you everything that you need to accomplish the purpose that he's deposited on the inside of you. And I know we may not talk about that a lot, or we may not get a lot of shouts around that, because this is what I know. The enemy has gotten you and I to buy in thinking, well, I, I don't have that. I don't have what they have. I, I'm not as gifted as them. Look at how well they talk. And he has convinced you and I that the Lord has not or the Lord will not give you what you need to accomplish the call that he's put on your life. And the enemy is loud. And the enemy is a liar. And we buy into that line. This is the lie that he tells us. You ready? You ain't got it. 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 Has anybody ever heard that before? The lie of the enemy? Say, hey, you ain't got it. You, 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 you would never be good enough for God. You would never be good enough for his grace. You ain't got it. You ain't got what they got. How do you think God's going to use you? Do you know what you did? You ain't got it. Anybody ever heard that before? I think of my own life. I've believed it so many times. I don't know what it is for you. Many times we look at God and we say, God, I don't have what they have. I'm not, where they're from. I'm not from where they're from. God, if I had this or if I had that, I'm not, I'm not studying the right thing. I'm not the, I'm not the right skin color. I'm, I'm not from the right family. I'm not from the background that I think everybody else needs or has to have. And God wouldn't, this is my thing I want to tell you about. God wouldn't have called you to it unless he graced you for it. 
And I want to tell you something like old preachers used to say back in the day, when God guides, God provides. Bless God, right? Come on. When God guides, God provides. And I just mean that God would not have called you to it unless he graced you for it. How about we, I just want to be a little strong today, how about we stop complaining about what you ain't got, and how about we start praising God for the things that you do have. So come on, can we take 10 seconds and just thank God for all that he's done? Come on, Ken, that's, a, that's a mediocre clap. Is anybody thankful for the gifts of God that we didn't deserve? Man, God, thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for the job. It may not be a great job. I may have some issues, but thank you for a job. Thank you for the abilities you've given me. Thank you for the house that you've given me. Guess what? It may be an old house, but guess what? I got some heat in this cold. Thank you for my car, Lord. It may be 20 years old, but I got a car and not a camel. Come on, somebody, right? Like, thank God for that. Man, come on, let's just be a church that understands you've got something. And God has opened up a legitimate door in your life. And listen to me, some of you are about to walk away from it because you're looking around and you are saying, I don't have what they have. You're about to walk away from an opportunity that God has put right in front of you because you're looking in every direction but God. I'm going to challenge you today. Listen, comparison will kill your contentment. Number two, you ready for it? Say, I'm ready. Number two, comparison blurs your purpose. Comparison will blur your purpose. Saul was commissioned. Saul was ordained. Saul was anointed to lead God's people. And watch this. The moment he put his eyes on David, he took his eyes off of his purpose. And I want to challenge you today. Listen, comparison blurs the clarity around the call and purpose that God has for your life. We talked about it last week a little bit, but this idea of renewing your mind. You, you know, I talked about contacts a little bit, my contacts. And again, I want you to understand that there is a process that goes through that of, of renewing your mind and getting that blurriness out. But that calling, I want to challenge you to understand there's some of us that are walking around and saying, I don't know what God's purpose is is for my life. And I would just have to say, maybe you don't have clarity of what God has called you to do because you've been looking at everybody else's lane and looking at the thing that God called them to and not what he's called you to. Because this is what I know. There is a general purpose of God and then there is a specific purpose of God. So let me talk about it really quick. Can we go to theology school for just a second? There's a general purpose of God. General will of God is that you know what we do? We go out there and make Jesus known in this earth. That you and I would go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If you are a part of the Big C Church, meaning that you are a saved, bought again, believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Guess what? That is your purpose, to go and make disciples of all nations, right? But I want to tell you something today, and I want to encourage you. Did you know that I just believe there is also a specific purpose that God has for you and your life? That you are not an accident, that you're not here just by happenstance, that you're not just a random person out in the middle of nowhere. No, no, no. God has a unique and specific purpose designed for you. Your grandmama can't do it. Your daddy can't do it. Your brother and sister can't do it. Only you can do the thing that God has called you and purposed you to do. I feel like preaching. I hope you're ready to shout here in a second because this is what I know. Please believe that God did not come down here from heaven to earth, put on an earth suit, die on a cross, raise from the dead, ascend to heaven, send his Holy Spirit just 
just so that we could have cute church services, sing a couple songs, get an encouraging word, walk out, go to Sunday lunch, and go home. No, he saved you, he redeemed you, he forgave you, he's given you a sound mind, and listen to me, there's a specific purpose, a specific call, a specific task, a specific assignment on your life, something that only you can do while you are here on this earth. And listen, we are wasting precious moments, precious days, minutes, hours, and seconds looking at everybody else's race instead of saying, God, what is it you put me here to do? God, what is it that you've called me here to do? God, what is the purpose that you have called me in this life? I wish somebody that knew they had a purpose would take 10 seconds and give God some praise like they know they got an assignment on their life. Like you know you got an assignment on your life. You have a purpose. And listen to me, nothing will blur that more than comparison. Nothing will cloud that more than when you compare life, your call, your purpose to somebody else's. Ephesians 2.10 says this, that we are God's masterpiece. That he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Listen to me. You've been designed, that you've been designed with a unique purpose in mind. God wants to use you. And listen, you can't run your race successfully if you're looking at everybody else's lane beside you. I just got to tell you, it blurs that purpose. I'll just tell you, I think sometimes I I think back just literally we're going to celebrate party on purpose in a few weeks. Uh, Two weeks from today, it's going to be a blast. Get here. Ain't no party like a church, purpose church party because a purpose church party don't stop. Uh, Okay, sorry. All right, it's going to be a blast. Please bring your friends. It's going to be a great day. That day, two weeks from today. Uh, But I think about it sometimes and we can celebrate what God has done over the last five years. But can I be honest? Come on, that's where you can say yes right now. If not, I'm just going to just like walk off really quick. No? Okay. Can I be honest? There has been times, if I can be very transparent, in the last five years that I've wanted to give up. Just like you. Just like you. We've all been in those seasons of life where we feel like, you know what, I want to give up on this call that God has had on my life. Now remember, there's been times as a church where we said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to... We believe that we're existing to connect people to Jesus and help them live on purpose. And we're willing to reach anybody and everybody. We're willing to go and meet in a middle school and set up and tear down every single Sunday. And we're willing to invest in our next generation. We're willing to come inside a grocery store and cut it and believe that God could be in this place as people gather and lift up his name together. And I'll tell you, lots of vision behind that, lots of vision to go. I still believe the best is still ahead. But can I be honest, there's been days in my life where I wanted to give up on the call God had for us. And I know you've been there too. And I know you've been in that moment where you feel like, man, is it worth it? Like, do I just keep going on? And what the enemy loves to do in that moment, when you're at your weakest point, when you're in a vulnerable moment, is to get you to look right and left. It's to get you to look at their life, leadership, their church, their family, their finances, their whatever. And what he loves to do is distract you because ultimately he knows if he can distract you, he can destroy you. And I think sometimes what happens is when we have those days where we feel like, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> I'm over it. Like, man, I want to get. Has everybody had those days? 
Come on, wave at me if that's you. I think we've all been there. I, I want to challenge us in this idea that uh, the enemy will come to attack you, but I think we can handle the attack if I just go back to the place I was called. I, I, I think I can withstand the storm if I just go back to the call. Because you know what? Sometimes you're going to have to have all you got in your life is the call. Because you ain't got the emotion to keep going. You ain't got the feelings to keep going. You may not feel like it. But you got to go back and you got to remind your mind. What happens to me sometimes when I feel that way, I will go and park my truck up on 641. I got this vision when we started this church. As I was coming in over the top of the hill into Murray, right there at 641, right in front of Martha's. Come on, somebody, Martha's. Good home cooking food. Come on, that's where I asked my father-in-law to marry my wife. Come on, I love that place, okay? Right there. If you'll kind of just look, be very careful when you do it. But if you'll look, and, and, and there was this vision that I had as I was driving into town, and I could see the tops of all the Murray State buildings. And I could see it's a beautiful sky, blue and, and, and white clouds and sun coming down. I could see the sun just glistening off of all those windows on top of that, those dorms and everything that you could see from the top of that. It's a great vantage point of looking into our city. And I got to thinking about it. You know what? Thank you, God, for bringing the ends of the earth to this place. That there's people from all over the world that come to Murray, Kentucky. And then guess what, God? I know you're calling us to plant this church. I know you're calling us to do this. I know you're calling us in the midst of being scared and, hey, it may be crazy. But we're going to plant this church believing that, guess what? We're going to see people come to Jesus. We're going to see them go out and make a difference. And we're going to see nations affected because of the effectiveness of the gospel of Jesus being preached and proclaimed. And I'll just tell you the days I feel like giving up. You know what sometimes I'll do? I'll go sit and park my truck right there. You know why? Because i got to remind myself of the call. i got to remind myself of the purpose. That I was called to this. And I think some of you need to be reminded today that you were called to this family. That you were called to this school. That you were called to this region. That you were called to this job. That you were called to this marriage. That you were called to be their mama. That you were called to be their daddy. That you were called to this church. I was called. Come on, is there anybody that believes that today? Come on, can we thank God for the calling on your life? Can you thank God for his forgiveness and his grace and his purpose on the inside of you? And nothing blurs the call and the purpose of God, listen to me, like comparison. I'll keep saying it because it's robbing you of some stuff. It's a mind killer. We got to be done with it. You know what we got to do instead? Last thing I'll land a plane on this, I'm over, we got to go. Compare to no one but Jesus. Compare to no one but Jesus. And I'll just tell you, I love Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews chapter 12 says it like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. That sounds a little bit like some working out. Sounds a little bit like some things that God is asking. Oh, God, let's, let's, let's strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And watch what he says. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. How do we do that, Dustin? Watch this. The remedy is right there. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Saul, from that moment on, looked with a jealous eye at David. I came to remind somebody today, the way that you and I need to live our life is keeping and fixing our eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Listen to me. Jesus, how how does your life measure up to Jesus? 
He's the only one that I'm going to try and model my life after. How did Jesus love people? How did Jesus serve people? How did he spend time with the Father? How, how was he led by the Holy Spirit? How did he do everyday life? How did he treat the lost, the looked over, and the least of these? How did he stand with people that couldn't stand by themselves? How did he value and study Scripture? I want to compare my life to Jesus. I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. And I can't worry about what everybody else is doing. I've got my eyes fixed on Jesus. And I just believe and I dare a church in Murray, Kentucky to get their eyes so focused, so fixated on Jesus and declare today that I'm not going to look to my right, I'm not going to look to my left, but I'm going to look to the one that started it, and I believe he's going to finish it. Come on, if we believe that all over this house, 2024, we're fixing our eyes on Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, why don't you stand to your feet and give God a big shout of praise as you do that. Come on, give the King of Kings and Lord of Lords a shout of praise that he's only worthy of. Come on. I believe it. I dare you. I dare you in 2024. Fix your eyes on Jesus and watch as your life looks a lot different. Maybe you're in this room and I want you to understand as we focus on Jesus, what it helps do, what it helps do in my life. Says I open God's word as I'm looking to Jesus. You know what it does? This is a mirror, right? It shows me the imperfections in my life. It shows me where I've fallen short. And maybe you're in this room and you've never given your life to Jesus. When you put your eyes on Jesus, it shows you how good he is, how ungood, that's not a word, how, how, how bad we are, okay? How unholy we are. When I put my eyes on the holiest thing ever, it shows me how unholy I am. What I want you to understand is called sin, that it so easily entangles us. And from the very beginning that you and I have been sinners from our birth. And that has caused a huge gap between us and God. And when you put your eyes on Jesus, you'll realize I can't fix myself. I can't come to church enough. I can't give enough. I can't do any of that enough. I, if I put my eyes on Jesus, I realize I need Jesus. I realize I need Him. And my heart for you today, the heart of this church, is that you would get connected to Jesus. And you would look at Jesus and you would realize if you don't know him that you should know him and the Bible says that if you will just declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead that you will be saved so all across this room let's bow our heads and close our eyes maybe you're here and you say I have never given my life to Jesus if that's you I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that today if you're here and you say I've never given my life to Jesus but I need to let I need to let him be the Lord of my life today that's you, why don't you say something like this? Say something like, Dear Jesus, I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe that I've been separated from you by my sin. And I put my faith and trust in you today. I, I put you on the throne of my life. I acknowledge what you did on the cross. I acknowledge that you got out of the grave three days later. And I want you to be the Lord of my life today. So if that's you, prayed something like that or you prayed word for word maybe you're in this place and that's you would you do something for me would you just raise your hand and say hey I just prayed and asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life today anybody in this room say hey that's me that's it come on you raise your hand anybody else say hey it's me and I don't want you to raise it ashamedly you can raise it up over the top of your head wave around like you just do today because I care I'm glad you're here I love it awesome anybody else say hey it's me awesome anybody else 
that, you know, if you did just make that decision to acknowledge Jesus as Lord of your life and just accept what he did as a payment for your sin and my sin, if you just did that, I just want to let you know all of heaven is partying. We're a church that celebration is our response. That's why I say ain't no party like a Purpose Church party because a Purpose Church party don't stop. Guess why? Because Purpose Church celebration is our response. We're going to celebrate when one person comes to Jesus, just like heaven will. And I just want to tell you, if that's you, I think it would be an incredible thing that you would let somebody know that. And we want to be a church that you would let somebody know, hey, I made this decision to follow Jesus. So if you don't mind, would you grab the card that's in the seat pocket that's there. There's a salvation card. You can grab it. You need some help doing that if you're on the front row. Awesome. If you need some help on the back row, we'll get you a card. Grab that card. It's a salvation card. You can fill that out. And also, just for everybody else's sake, on the other side of that card, there is a praise and prayer section. If you need some prayer, you've got a praise report, you want to share that with us, man, we would love to pray over that. We'd love to celebrate what God is doing in your life with a praise. You're welcome to do that. But I want you to fill out that salvation card. I want to, I want to give a second invitation to anybody in the room that you may know Jesus. Maybe you're in this place and you say, you know what, I do not I have been comparing my life to everybody else. I've been looking to the right and to the left. Maybe today was just a reminder that, you know what, you have been called. You have been uh, a commissioned. You have a task and assignment that God has for your life. And maybe you haven't um, been focused on that this year. Maybe you're carrying some something in this place that's kind of tripping you up, holding you back from that. Listen, that's what our prayer team is for. On either side of this platform, we have people that are willing to carry that with you. Help, help carry that with you as you do this thing called life as you follow Jesus. And so if that's you and you need prayer right now, I'm going to ask you just to move. we got people on either side that would love to pray with you. So you can move right where you're at. Move right where you're at. And they'll be down here at the end of our experience as well. And you can stay and have, have a conversation with them, have them pray with you. We would love nothing more than that for sure. Well, come on, Purpose Church, can we do this? Can we put our hands together? Can we thank Jesus for salvation in this place today? Come on, can we give God a big shout of praise in this place? for salvation being in the room. Come on, I love it. I hope y'all have the best week of your life. I love you so much. Don't forget, see you next Sunday. Go out there, love Jesus, serve people, live on purpose. Have a great week. You're dismissed.